We're back from our brief Twitter hiatus. Uh, did you miss us? <laughs> In this edition of the Lace Em Up podcast, uh, our weekly-ish update on uh, the wild card and the playoff pictures. Uh, also, a key injury in the Western Conference. Crosby and Carlson are tearing it up right now. And, uh, of course, our take on the Bruins and Sens. Uh, before we go any further, uh, shout-outs to all the people who wore uh, number 24 in the NHL, the legendary Chris Chelios. Um, a lot of people who wore number 24 have passed away over the years. Derek Bugard, Bruce Lancelet in, uh, in that uh, tragic uh, crash uh, in Russia in 2011. Uh, the late Bob Probert, obviously. Uh, and we also have uh, some uh, faces from the Sens and Bruins who have worn number 24. Anton Volchenkov, of course, played with Ottawa for the longest time, wore number 24. Terry O'Reilly of Brett's Boston Bruins. Also wore number 24, Sammy Kapanen, Ryan Callan, Yuri Hoodler. Bernie Federico of the St. Louis Blues, um, huge point producer in the 70s and 80s. Uh, Doug Wilson, GM of the Sharks, uh, he wore number 24 throughout his career, as did Brian McCabe, uh, Ottawa native Jim Poplinski. So to all of them and to everyone who has donned the jersey uh, throughout their NHL careers, this podcast is for you. It's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. Right, if you're wondering why there wasn't a 20, episode 23, um, in case you've missed out, there was a Twitter um, for, because I was away, um, we did a Twitter episode, quote-unquote. Yeah, we did a little tweet-off. Tweet-off. It was pretty cool, actually. I think yeah. we're going to... We're gonna yeah, do that. We're gonna that we're gonna try to do that more often when, um, or at least when uh, one of us can't is too busy or can't make it. Or maybe um, when the summer rolls around and there's yeah, not really or, uh, not really too much to report, but there's this one big story you gotta talk about. Right, exactly. So we'll we'll um, we'll probably do more of that. But our Twitter account is Laysom Podcast. You can I retweeted everything that me and uh, Steve said. Um, last week, in case you wanted to get our takes and whatnot, and you can even re- interact with us. Why not mention something to us that you either disagree with or agree with? That's cool too. Um, so we yeah, also t- have Facebook. Yeah, so the Twitter is uh, Laysom Podcast. Um, the Facebook is at Laysom Up. Um, and uh, yeah, SoundCloud. Go on SoundCloud. Um, iTunes, it's on iTunes as well, which I assume you're, <laughs> those are the only two ways you're listening to this right now, so, um, I'm sure you found that out, and, and we also, oh, we and also, we also uh, have an email, yeah, yeah, um, bag at gmail.com, right. um, and I think that's it, uh, yep. so, uh, not too much, uh, this week for us in terms of big hockey news, but... It is close to the playoff time right now, so we decided to talk primarily about the playoffs and the playoff picture right now. Um, so uh, let's start with the East. Um, like we'll go, I guess we'll do it by. We'll go by division and the wild card. That's how I have it uh, set up here. Okay, yeah, we can do it that way. I wasn't sure exactly the best way to do it, but. Uh, right now, we have, uh, for the Atlantic, Florida, Tampa Bay, and Boston are your three in the Atlantic, your three teams in the Atlantic. Yeah. Florida has 89, Tampa has 87, Boston has 86, um, Detroit has 83, which will probably be, uh, I think they have a wild card spot right now. Um, yeah, they do. I think they have uh, a final wild card spot. Yeah. Um, and then you have Ottawa with 76. Sorry, I don't, they have like about, <laughs> I think they have like a 1% chance of making the playoffs now or something mm-hmm. like that. Probably, I don't know exactly if, Carolina's I'm not great with the odds, but, um, something like that. Yeah, Carolina's got 76, New Jersey has 75 too, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, so, um, so it's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of cool that actually the, like the Florida teams are, um, you know, finally doing well enough to be the top of their division right now. Uh, you know, like when you remember back in the Southeast where it was just the Capitals and then, um, no other good teams. So it's kind of cool that, you know, you have Florida and Tampa Bay now. Do you think Florida is going to hang on to the division lead, or is Tampa eventually going to surpass them? I still think uh, Tampa; it's it, they're they're going to end up on top in this. Uh yeah, I'd say Tampa is probably going to hold on or is going to take the lead. Um, but I mean, Florida looks good too. It's uh, it's kind of crazy too with Florida with Yager and Luongo, who are like like. Probably the two oldest guys in the league right now, and they're fine. Fine, they get better with age. Yeah, they get <laughs> exactly. Um, so, I mean, you never know with Florida, um, but I think, and you also have Aaron Eckblad who plays like he's like a forty-year-old, th- th- even though he's <laughs> eighteen. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm more intrigued by the whole wild card situation. Um, I think there is a chance that Detroit could supplant Boston, yeah, um, I especially. A, I was just about to ask, do you, do you, think, yeah. do you think they can get it done? Because they just got Cronwell back, and they beat Florida 5-3 on Saturday. So yeah, especially with how Boston has slid so far. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of weird, because I, I was excited last week because I was like, hey, we're first in the division, even though I knew it was only going to be for, like, a day yeah. or something. And then we just, like, lose to all the California teams. So, um, I mean, I'll talk about more about that in our Bruins yeah. segment. But, um, yeah, it, I think uh, – I don't think the Bruins um, – maybe – I mean, maybe I'm, I'm more pessimistic towards the Bruins, if you haven't noticed. Yeah. So, they may – I don't know if they'll keep this spot, but – um, they'll probably get a wild card at least, um, and then we then we go to the Metro. Paulson, um, Washington has one hundred and seven. They clinched the playoff spot. Um, and the division. And the yeah, uh, in the Pretty division. Sure I guess that's <laughs> yeah. I guess that's. Um, I mean, when you're up by twenty points, you're uh, that's it's <laughs> a good case for uh, clinching the playoffs. Uh, and, and the division, um, the Rangers have 88 points, the uh, Penguins have 86 points, uh, they've been hot too, they have won five straight, they beat Philly last, uh, yesterday. A team that's had their number for yeah, the past couple years that's too, true. which is a huge one. And the Flyers have been playing well too, they have, they were, they're 7-2-1 and one in their last 10 games, um, but, um. And then the Islanders have 85, and the Flyers have 80 points. So if we go to the wild card, if you couldn't guess, it's basically between the Islanders, Detroit, and the Flyers for the wild card spot. Um, the Islanders have 85, as I just mentioned. Detroit has 83, and fl- uh, Flyers are looking in with 80 points. Uh, Carolina and Ottawa are tied with 76 um, but they kind of have an outside chance at this point. Um, sorry. No, <laughs> the, the Flyers are still without Voracek, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. They are. Uh, they play the Islanders two more times, so those are going to be key. Um, Philly's only three back at Detroit with two games in hand. They have two games in hand on the Red Wings. The Islanders also have two games in hand on the Red Wings. So the Red Wings don't have much room for error here. Um, and on top of that, the Flyers play Detroit once more before the season ends. Uh, as you mentioned, Canes and Sens, 76 points apiece. Ottawa's played 73 games, little room for error there. Carolina played 72. Devils hang around, like you said, but barely at 75 points. And they lost to Columbus 6-3 last night. So, um, The storyline I'm looking at is, what are the odds that the Penguins can surpass the Rangers for second in the Metropolitan? Because what are the odds? I mean, what, what are the odds? Because I mean, they're pretty at, good. I mean, just looking at Pittsburgh's schedule, uh, they're yeah. going to have their head-to-head finale coming this Sunday at MSG. Uh, this coming Sunday, uh, the Penguins are, as we speak, playing Washington at home. 
and then they'll be visiting the Capitals on April the 7th. In between, they're going to have games against New Jersey, Detroit, Nashville, the New York Islanders, the Ottawa Senators, and then two more matchups with the Flyers in less than a week. Uh, the Rangers, who have lost four, who have lost four or five, sorry uh, for the uh, for the uh, voice crack there. They have some <laughs> easier matchups on deck, but they still have to get through Florida, Boston, Tampa, Detroit, and there are travels from Long Island or Brooklyn. And they also have McDonough back, which is huge news. So I, I think the Penguins have a realistic chance. They're only two points back. It's it, it they could definitely bump the Rangers down to third. Yeah, I could see that, especially now with, I mean, although it's, I mean, it's tough without Malkin, but Crosby's, as we're going to talk about later, is, uh, you know, has been pretty good. Um, so, I could see that happening. The Rangers have been slipping, too. Uh, it seems like the Rangers are so inconsistent lately that, um, you know, they could, you know, they could slip down to even a wild card's position. Um, but, yeah. Um, They've also done poorly in California, too. Yeah, that's like, true. Like the Bruins have. They <laughs> lost 4-1 to San Jose. They lost in overtime to the Kings a few nights before. So. But at the same time, that's only like six games, but or three games if you count California. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, the... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can see that happening, especially with the Penguins winning five straight. Um, they're 7-3-0 in their last ten, and the Rangers have been okay the last 10 with 4, 4, and 2. But, um, yeah, I could see that happening, actually. Um, it was interesting, though, because at the beginning of the year, it, was, it seemed like the Rangers and the Islanders had the, those two spots in the Metropolitan. So that would have yeah. been an interesting playoff matchup. Um, but I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen now. Oh, I, I've got an interesting conspiracy theory once we get to the Western Conference okay. that I think you're going to like. And okay. Bettman I love, I love conspiracy theories, you know me. But, um, well, maybe not conspiracy theories, but uh, some interesting what-ifs. Interesting well, what-ifs sounds a bit more accurate. Okay. Um, I'm actually looking at these playoffs. Let's see if there's... I'm looking at these playoffs scenarios right now. Uh, Florida, Islanders... Tampa, Boston, Washington, Detroit, Rangers, Pittsburgh. Those aren't bad. Um, all right, let's go down to the Western Conference. And, and now that you teased us with your uh, conspiracy theory, I'm curious now. But it's all right. Let's um, more like an interesting, more like an interesting what if. Yeah. Conspiracy theory. So uh, the Western Conference. Um, is uh, kind of interesting, I guess. But um, so the Central Division, um, as we've talked about before, has always been the best division, um, and it's it's kind of slipped a little, but uh, since then, but it's still pretty good. Uh, you have Dallas uh, with ninety five points, St. Louis with ninety three points, and Chicago with ninety points. We'll talk about uh, the Sagan injury later, but that um, the Dallas, I don't think expect that Dallas will keep that central division lead, especially with Sagan out for the rest of the season. So, um, but uh, Chicago has been slipping lately, and St. Louis has been looking pretty good lately. So, um, St. Louis could actually be the central division leader like they were last year. Um, but who knows? It, you know, it, St. Louis is one of those teams like Washington where you're just like they play. You know, like it's like, yeah, you're good in the regular season, but let's see what you can do in the playoffs because yeah. we've well, seen this before. Um, at, at the end of the day, the the regular season's not going to mean too much. The Hawks are the Hawks. They're twenty four yep. ten and two at the Madhouse on Madison. Uh, and what's hasn't? I don't think been talked about too much outside of St. Louis. The Blues crease since Elliot got hurt has been pretty messy. Jake Allen has struggled yeah. since Elliot got hurt. And fortunately for them, they got Elliot back last night. And yeah, I was about to say Elliot's got back. A shout out against Vancouver. Um, and Dallas, a similar storyline and goal all year. And they've lost some key members in recent weeks due to injury. The Hawks will, if the Hawks don't win this division, They'll make it into the second round no matter who they face because they're the Hawks. They can get things done in the playoffs, even if it's Dallas, even if it's St. Louis. I got Chicago all the way in, 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 whatever, uh, in whatever scenario they're faced with. But 
Um, I certainly think they're capable of still winning this division. They're only five points out of Dallas. And, you know, like, like we said, given the injuries that have happened to Dallas and the Blues goaltending is inconsistent and the Hawks catch fire, the Hawks are going to win it again. Yeah, although at the same time that now Chicago's in this, like, they always seem to do this where they're, like, they're in a period where they're just losing games for whatever reason. But um, Everyone thought they were in trouble last year in the first two games against Nashville, and Crawford looked terrible, and then Darling picks them up, and then Crawford returns to form late in the series, and they move on. Well, no, no, I mean, yeah, in the playoffs, yeah, but, like, I mean, like, in terms of, like, right now, like, in the regular season, they're in the point where they're, like, all right, let's just rest up our guys. We, we're gonna. We're not. They're not taking the regular season as seriously as they should. And then come playoff, they just turn it up like a notch. Now, um, on the other hand, yeah. Here, here's my interesting what if. Okay? okay. Let's say the Hawks slide even further down the standings, and they take one of the wild card spots. Okay. Chicago. Now, okay. Now, here's the interesting part. Nashville continues to win, they could catch the Blackhawks, but they're five points behind them at last check. Right. If the Hawks somehow slide all the way down to fourth in the Central, and the Kings don't clinch the top spot in the conference, the Kings and the Blackhawks could go head-to-head in the first round. Yeah. And one of those heavyweights will be knocked out in round one. That right. is a matchup the fans would love to see. And Gary Bettman would despise in round one because that is a matchup you see for the conference finals. You don't yeah. get that out of the way in round one. I don't. Well, I mean, that's the thing with this whole. Well, or if you get, you also get Chicago, Dallas, um, the other way, or that, Chicago, that, that, St. Louis. That would be interesting to watch too. That's probably the more likelier scenario. They're either going to get Dallas or St. Louis, <laughs> but if Nashville catches up with them and they're five points out of Chicago. And right, because then Chicago, for that scenario yeah. to work, it would have like Colorado and Nashville would have to uh, beat out Chicago. Yeah, there's no way Colorado. And then out. I don't um, see that. So and then Dallas has. Nashville, if, oh yeah. If LA doesn't clinch the top spot in the Western Conference. Yeah. So like, if they don't get uh, as right, if Dallas or St. Louis yeah, don't beat then they them, they get Chicago. Right. If Chicago finishes fourth in their division. Yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting. I mean, for some like a hockey fan, I would be okay with that. Obviously, I mean, who's, who's going to watch it no matter what? Yeah. Um. But yeah, you're right. I I guess that's some a matchup that you would wish would you would save that for the uh, Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Although I have a feeling people are just sick of the the Blackhawks and Kings already, I'm so they're kind of. So they're trying, you know, like, at least you have, like, at least you're guaranteed that one team's going to be out of those two. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be an interesting matchup for sure. Um, yeah, so speaking of which, uh, Nashville, the, I mean, I guess we can talk about the wild card because well, they're all in the Central Division. Well, well just, but, a, just a quick thought on the Kings. Uh, we didn't really talk much about the Pacific. The Kings okay. yeah, the I mean, the King, spot. We can. I will no. Cause I was mostly talking about the wild card, just because all the teams are in the central oh, okay. division. All right. We'll 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 go, we'll go to the Pacific in a bit. Okay. Uh, the the uh, central uh, Nashville, Colorado, and Minnesota. Um, they have eighty five, seventy eight, and seventy seven. Um, it seems like Nashville kind of has that wild card on lock. Um, Colorado and Minnesota are basically just eking it out for that last wildcard spot. And now we'll go to the Pacific. Uh, yesterday, Los Angeles clinched a playoff spot. Um, they haven't clinched the division, I don't think, yet. No, no, they but, haven't. Um, but they're in the playoffs. But they are in the playoffs. Uh, yes, yeah, so they have 93 points. Uh, Anaheim and San Jose have 87. Uh, Anaheim has 87 and San Jose has 86 um, and then, uh, the fourth team, Arizona has 69. There's just no way they're catching that. No, no, they're not going to catch them. Um, but, um, yeah, so, yeah, all the California teams are the, the best, um, by far in that division. Um, yeah, but they're... No, 
either way you're either way you slice it, a California team's gonna win yep. the division. You're gonna have an all California rivalry in round one. As, yeah, as someone who watched all three California teams uh, this week, I'd say the uh, actually the Sharks look pretty impressive, but I'd say the the Ducks were the most impressive of those three teams. Um, they they definitely there. pose a bigger threat come playoff time yeah. because you saw what they did last year. They got the more complete team than San Jose does, even though San Jose's got one more yeah. win than Anaheim does last check. Um, yeah. I mean, and that's, that's not to knock L.A. or San Jose, but I yeah. think Anaheim is stronger than those three. It's just that Anaheim had a terrible start, and now they're, yeah. um, you know, now they're doing well. Um, regardless, um, like, if, if I'm San Jose... I, and I look at my road record, 25-10-3, and three, and I look at my average home record. I like to stay where I am, even <laughs> though it's regular season stats. I'm, I like to stay where I am and not even chasing the second-place team. Uh, they're in the weakest division. Nobody that's below them in the Pacific Division standings has any shot of catching up to them. I just ride the wave, get some wins at home, get some momentum going, rest Martin Jones, and get ready for a marathon because you're either going to get L.A. or Anaheim in round one. Right. Um, and, and we look at uh, the wildcard standings for a second. Nashville, they have 36 wins, one fewer than the Avs, yet they're still seven points up on the Avalanche. Yeah. Uh, a notable a notable uh, mention for the Avs, Landis Cog returns from a suspension today. Um, Colorado has four more wins than Minnesota. Minnesota is only one point behind. Uh, they don't have any games in hand, but... Um, I believe it's this coming Saturday at 2 p.m. Minnesota and Colorado going at it in Denver. That tilt could be huge in the final standings. Yeah, that's, I mean, obviously, yeah. But, um, right, I'm just looking at the playoff matchups right now. Um, there's actually, they're more intriguing than the Eastern Conference uh, right now. Uh, L.A. plays Nashville, uh, Anaheim, San Jose. Dallas plays Colorado, which is like a 90, back to the 90s matchup. And then St. Louis and Chicago, a classic rivalry. So those those could be interesting because uh, you have like, you have two rivalries with Anaheim and San Jose Saint, and then St. Louis and Chicago. Um, and a good matchup with LA and Nashville. And then you like have a rekindled rivalry with Dallas and Colorado. So that could work. And Minnesota and how about this? If Minnesota gets that last wild card spot, and Dallas remains the way they are and keeps it, you know, keeps the uh, the conference lead, Minnesota and Dallas could play each other in the first round, um, and, and that could be realistic because uh, you look at uh, Minnesota's schedule; um, they're playing the Flames twice and the Jets once. Uh, all three of those. Oh, are against wonderful. teams that won't be making the playoffs, but they could be trap games because Calgary and, and Winnipeg won't necessarily get to any easy points. True. Uh, but the Avs, on the other end, you look at their schedule, even though they've won four of the past five to put themselves in this spot, they're facing the Oilers tonight. But after that, they face the Flyers. As mentioned, they face Minnesota. They face Nashville, St. Louis, Washington, St. Louis again, Nashville again, Dallas, and then they host the Anaheim Ducks in their season finale. Yeah. So that's um, a pretty tough schedule to go up against. Yeah, I don't know if you go on this site or if you've heard of the site sportsclubstats.com. No, that's that's a new one to me. Um, but they give you they give you odds on the chances teams will make the playoffs or not. Uh, yeah. They do this for every sport, but I I just was on the NHL site. So they have here that Minnesota has a 50.8% chance of making the playoffs. <laughs> And they give Colorado a 49.5% chance of making the playoffs. Philadelphia has 48% chance. And this is where it falls off. They have, like, Carolina has 1.3. New Jersey has 0.6. Arizona has 0.3. Ottawa has 0.2. And then the rest, uh, they give, like, no chance. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) yeah. I, I find it laughable that Arizona has a better chance than Ottawa does. Yeah, yeah. Making the playoffs. Well, I think it's just because they're in the weaker division, but yeah, um, but yeah, it's just uh, it's uh, that is funny too when you think about it like that. Um, but um, 
All right, I think that's it for playoff talk. I mean, obviously, we'll talk about well, it more. For the time being, yeah, we'll pick it up. Uh, um, we'll talk. We'll talk about it. I mean, we're going to talk about this for the rest of the season, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, a big uh, critical effect to this playoffs is that uh, Tyler Sagan is out uh, with an Achilles tear. He's uh, out three to four weeks, which is basically a month and or rest of the season. It's kind of, I don't know if you remember, but last season, Sagan was also out. Um, um, I don't think it was an Achilles tear either, but he was no. out for the rest of the season. He missed significant time. Yeah, he missed significant time. Yeah. Um, it was the also... Stars were in the playoff spot at yeah, that time, though. That's true, that's true. Um, but, like, uh, uh, now, it was, I, uh, it was... He got this injury in Tampa... Yeah, uh, this time around, but like the la- last year, it was against Florida, so Florida uh-huh. kind of has it out for Sigan somehow. Um, but yeah, so he has an Achilles tail. I don't know if you even saw his uh, Twitter, yeah, but like I he posted it, uh, the actual injury. It looks uh, really gross. It's yeah, he, he, he tried his not, to, show his, to show his humor, but oh yeah, yeah. man, that that. Yeah, he said. I, I'm something. surprised he continued to play through that. That that. Well, that it was only like hurt. it was only for like. I think he played for, like, 53 seconds because it was literally at the end of the game. Um, for those, don't look if you're squeamish, but if you do, just check Not his... Not nearly as bad as Carlson's, though. Not yeah, nearly as bad as Carlson's. Although, it, didn't Carlson get an Achilles tear? Uh, and it was more severe. It kept him out for months. Ah, okay. And, and he couldn't put any weight on it at all. It, it, it occurred in, in the... In, like, with, with Sagan, at least, you know, he, he tried. You know, it didn't feel comfortable, but at least he could stay with it. Like, Carlson, like, you, you watch his reaction after that play uh, Matt Cook put uh, put on him, intentional or not, is debatable to this day in Ottawa. But um, you look at the way he reacted. He couldn't put any weight on it. He was in obvious pain. Right. You know, Tyler Sagan, he, he kind of just it looked like he shrugged it off a little bit, got back on the ice, and then he left. Yeah. Well, that that's that's good news if you're the stars in the sense that it wasn't as bad as Carlson, but it, it comes at the worst possible time when you yeah. need a guy like Tyler Sagan. Like, um, you know, Klingberg is close to returning. He was a game-time decision on Saturday, but you can't deny what Tyler Sagan brings. 33 goals, 73 points in 72 games, leads the Dallas Stars in shots on goal with 278. Jamie Benn is well behind in second with 229 shots on goal and counting. And until Sagan returns, their number one center is Jason Spezza, who granted has scored 29 goals this season, but hasn't really been asked to be the go-to guy offensively. And the other individuals who have spent time at center this year are in order of points scored. Cody Eakin, Matthias Janmark, Vernon Fiddler, Colton Skibier, Radek Fassa, and Devin Shore. None of those individuals have more than 35 points. So a very tough gap for the Dallas Stars to fill, a team that relies heavily on offense, a team that has suspect defense and inconsistent goaltending, and a club that's still missing the services of Jason Demers for at least another few weeks. And I know they still have Jamie Benn, I know they still have Patrick Sharp, but it's awfully tough to find a guy like Tyler Sagan who can take face-offs and do plenty of other things to help the team win, such as... Scoring goals. That cannon of a shot, that laser beam of a shot, yeah. his quickness. Uh, he, it, it's more than just taking faceoffs and scoring goals that this guy can do. Yeah, I mean, we we um we met we one of our Twitter questions last week was um was what was the biggest effect uh, for the injury of guys we had? We I think we yeah, mentioned Malkin Schneider, um, but yeah, I think this is. This is even worse uh, than Malkin or Schneider um, for the team because um, yeah they you know they have a one, the stars have one less weapon they're still gonna make the playoffs uh, I don't think yeah. there's any doubt for that but I think um, I don't know if they'll they'll win the division though um, with and if Sagan they don't out. win the division they're gonna get a very tough matchup and they're gonna yeah. need offense to get it done because you're gonna play either a team like St. Louis who who is known for for having good defense and and then Chicago who is obviously Chicago so yeah. um, 
that's the dangers of finishing second or third. And even if they even if they finished uh, in first, uh, they they could still be faced with a tough matchup depending on on who finishes in the final wild card spot too. So that uh, that's the danger of relying on too much offense. If it dries up, you're you're very very beatable. Um. Yeah. Uh. All right. So. Uh... So I wasn't sure who to start with for Crosby or Carlson. I think we're going to start with Crosby. Um, he has an 11-game point streak right now. Second time this year. Second time this year. He's now third in overall points. Um, there are three guys who are tied for with 73, um, and Crosby has 74. Um, of course, Keane and Ben are way over the lead. But it's even impressive considering how slow a star Crosby was at the beginning of the year. And now, you know, he's he's finally in the... He's now the third uh, top point scorer right now. So He's got 31 goals and counting this year. Yeah. Couldn't score to save his life at the beginning of the year. Found his stride. Quietly inching closer to 1,000 career points in the NHL. Yeah. Well, and, and like you said, against the Flyers, big performance, two assists, a big win when they needed it against a team that's really yeah. not there. And that's what you need your captain to do in those kind of True. games. True. Uh, yeah, so we had, uh, so that's that makes it 18 points. That's six goals and 12 assists. Um, yeah, and it's, uh, and I, I think it's, it always happens too when, like, when Malkin's out, Crosby plays better. Yeah. And when Vice Crosby's versus out, versus Malkin yeah. always plays better. Um, and that's also the case too with, um, I mean, it's also interesting too when Crosby is like, considering Crosby is, has been injured for most of his career, like he's still like, he's now, I think he's in the hundredth all time in points, Uh um, uh, which is just crazy impressive. It, it, you like imagine what it would happen if he didn't get all those concussions earlier in his career. Um, but I think he, you know, he has he definitely has a chance to be at a thousand career pace or um, to get a thousand points. Um, maybe catch up to Gretzky eventually if he. I can. don't think he's gonna catch up to Gretzky. I think. Maybe how, though? 1,500, 1,700 career points, though, that's easily achievable if he keeps this up. Maybe the second, though. Um, I'm trying to see who... Let me just get that up here. Um, He's only 28, so granted, he's got some time. So if he doesn't miss a step, he continues as pace. It's it's possible, but I think 1,500, 1,700 point club is realistic. More realistic. Crosby has 927 right now. Um, he's tied with Brad Richards. Um, so, uh, let's see here. Gretzky has 2,857. Yeah, he's not catching that. But Messier has 1,887. Yager has 1,857. And counting. Um, and counting, yeah. So... Uh, he could he could be in that range. He could be in the eighteen hundreds range if he you know th- that's assuming he continues on this pace. But um, yeah, uh, so you're witnessing a legend, I guess. Yeah, it, um, it, you can't keep the best down forever. Exactly. And, and Crosby's one of the best for a reason. Yeah, and that's the same with o- Ovechkin too. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's in that class. Definitely. You know, whenever you're watching these guys now, from now on, you're you know you're just watching like two of the greatest to play of the game right now. So yeah, I think the stuff that they kind of do, it, it's, it gets kind of boring after a while. It's like, ah, I've seen him <laughs> several times before. Right. And now you look at guys like McTavish, he's just like, what did I just see? I've never seen anyone do that. Because <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. he's only played in the league for like less than a year. Yeah, it's, it's now it's like, I feel like Crosby never gets as much attention yeah. for this kind of stuff. Ever since, but like, ever since the golden goal, he, he's really been under the radar. Cause like, but it's, ev- but it's like, I think it's now, It's like, I think everyone just is like, yeah, he's the, he's the greatest. You know, it's like, it's like, it's, I don't think that's ever happened to any other player where it's just pretty much expected to, for him to be, um, you know, that yeah. good. Like it was, it was like big news when he was struggling when like, you know, he yeah. was putting up points even then. Um, it was just crazy. It's just not what we're used to. 
Um, Brendan, uh, Brendan Morrow officially retired. Uh, he signs a one-day contract with Dallas and then retires. Um, actually, an interesting story here. I, I don't know if I've told this story here on the podcast, but I actually, uh, the Dallas Stars actually got me interested in hockey before the, I was like a Stars fan before the Bruins were. Um, mostly because of Brett Hull, um, yeah. when because they we share the same name, um, and I would just play NHL '99, and I would just be the Stars, and I play Brett Hull. So I was actually a Stars fan for most of the '90s um, and the early 2000s, and then like during the lockout, I was, uh, um, you know, I became a Bruins fan, but um. The, uh, uh, yeah, the stars, um, but like Brendan Morrow, I just remember like watching him play earlier in his career. It was like, it was kind of cool like, and exciting to watch that, like, oh, you have like a young guy, um, not named Modano or Brett Hull or Yuri Lettinen, you know, who, uh, would, uh, um, I don't know, would play like, uh, you know, who'd be, like, the next leader and captain and whatnot. And he turned out to be a pretty good captain. He played really well in that playoffs that one time. Uh, yeah, he kind of turned it on. got that OT winner against yeah. the Sharks. I think that sent them to the conference finals. I think that was a no eight. I remember that goal very, very yeah. well. It's kind of sad. definitely one of his brighter moments. It's kind of sad that he never got a Stanley Cup, but I think he was on that Canadian 20 uh, Vancouver game, speaking yeah, of just, Crosby, with the golden goal, but, um, so he does have that, but, um, yeah, he, he was definitely an exciting person to watch. Uh, you know, he played, he was really hardworking too. So, yeah. And, and very hardworking, as you mentioned, brought a lot of grit to his game, a uh, best season in 07, 08, when he got 32 goals and 74 points in 82 games. Oh, did I miss, I think I skipped Carlson. I'm no, sorry. we'll get to him in a, we'll get to him in a sec. <laughs> yeah, I just but, realized uh, that, I'm after, sorry. After he left Dallas, he spent time in Pittsburgh, St. Louis, and Tampa, yeah. appeared in the Final Four twice. First year in the NHL, Dallas Stars go to the Finals, lose to the Devils in six. What turned out to be his final year, Morrow and the Tampa Bay Lightning went to the Finals, lost to Chicago, as we all know, in six games. So, yeah. um Unfortunately, didn't work out. He didn't win a Stanley Cup, but in his first year and his last year, appeared in the finals. So yeah, uh, he's a pretty good de- career. De- definitely, definitely a heart and soul guy for sure, and uh, a fan favorite in Dallas for sure. And and Jamie Ben, I I I think this was during last night's game or or one of the games before. I think maybe Thursday night or something. Um, they're about to take a face off, and Jamie Ben says, "Hold on, hold on. Let's give Morrow a standing ovation." And, right. And the, oh the yeah. Face off yeah. circle, and and the and everyone's cheering on the bench. Everyone's cheering in the crowd, and that that a very humbling gesture by Jamie Ben. That's class. Right? Yeah, I think. Well, they played the Tampa Bay this week, so I think that may yeah, have been it. Yeah, it was Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um. Uh. All right. So now we're talking about Carlson. Yeah. I I guess uh we gloss over that. Whatever. Um, so Carlson, I have here that is third in overall points, but Crosby just took that over. But uh, now he's now in top five, which is still pretty good and crazy for a defenseman. Um, and also, uh, he joins Lindstrom, Brian Leach, Ray Bork, and Paul Coffey as the only defenseman to have sixty plus assists in a season in the last twenty years. Um, so. Uh, that's quite an achievement. Um, so there, that's your captain, man. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and like it. Honestly, say what you will about the Norris Trophy and whether or not you go to the best all-around defenseman or right or the most offensively gifted defenseman, uh, and whether or not he's deserving of it this year if they don't make the playoffs. But it would be absurd at this point in time to suggest one defenseman in this league right now who has brought more offensive flair every time he stepped on the ice than the Sens captain. For the first time in his NHL career, or the first time I've noticed in quite some time, he's projected to finish a regular season at over a point-per-game pace. 73 points in 72 games prior to Saturday's tilt against the Canadians. Only scored 13 times this year, and only once on the power play. But, 
keep in mind he's already had a pair of 20-goal seasons under his belt and could have been three if he had scored one more in his third year. Uh, three of his ties, this, 13 ties this year, have been game winners, two of which were overtime winners, 24 power play points, put up 31 and 30 power play points in the previous two seasons respectively. And that does not happen if you don't put pucks to the net. He has done that as well. Yeah. Because in four of the past five seasons, he has mustered over 200 shots on goal. And as you mentioned, 70 points. He has surpassed that 70-point mark in 60. three of his past five campaigns. Including yeah, 60 year. points. No, yeah. Oh, that's uh, 70. 60 yeah. assists, that's what you said. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 70 points. Yeah. Over 70 points in three of the past five years, including this year. And uh, lastly, no one can skate like him. Yeah. A hands-down generational talent, a treat to watch on the ice. And when you hear he's a top-five point producer in the league, and his name is mentioned in the same breath as Lidstrom and Coffee and Bork and Leach, that further cements his greatness. And, uh, and he's only 25 years old. Um, yeah. You didn't mention that. So, but, so yes, yeah, there's a lot of hockey left. Um, and you'll, yeah. Yeah, so enjoy him when you're watching. As you know, I always... I I'm kind of critical on the Norris Trophy, but I I would give it to him this year. Um, I know it's like I mean, if you're gonna say that it's like a, you know, it should go to the all around player instead of the best offensive defenseman player, I think it should go to him just because he is that far ahead of the, any defenseman right now. Other than oh, I guess yeah. Brent Burns has 64 points. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I don't think any other defenseman is close. Um, Chris Letang has fifty-four, but yeah, <laughs> so it's um, it's really just Burns and Carlson who are um, good on that points stuff, and you know, and that that has an effect on your team, uh, which I guess uh, should. Um, I mean, I have no problem with him winning the Norris this year. I'll say that much. Um, the Boston Pride, oh, quick sets the American goalie record for NHL shutouts with his 41st. Um, mm-hmm. I think he beat out Mike Richter. I think that's the only, really. No, the, I, I think the uh, two people uh, were John Van Beesbrook and oh, Frankie, right, Van Beesbrook. Mr. Zero Brimsek of your Boston Bruins. Oh, right, right, right. Um, But, uh, yeah, so... Uh, I mean, I guess that speaks more to the um, how bad the American goalies were back then. But um, yeah, so quick is, uh, but um, it's still impressive. And he's um, only thirty years old, so I, I wouldn't be shocked if he was also the fastest to reach that milestone or the quickest. The quickest, uh, yeah. funny, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah, and and American goalies are. Uh, are doing pretty well now. You have Gibson, you have Bishop, yeah. um, and Helbusick. Hellbuck, um, yeah. I think Matt, is Matt Murray American? No, I think, I think Matt Murray's Canadian. Oh, is he? Oh, I think Oh, well, let me look. Um, oh, yeah, he is Canadian. Corey yeah. Schneider, too. Can't forget Corey about Schneider. Um, I said Hellbuck. Uh, uh, um, Jimmy Howard. Jimmy Howard, yep. Um, alright, um, let's see here, oh, and then, um, Boston Pride won the first ever, uh, NWHL Cup, or as it's called, the Isabel Cup, um, this is, we don't really talk about Women's Hockey League, I don't think, I think this might be our first Women's Hockey League mention that we've had, but, um, yeah, the, uh, I think, I think this happened last weekend, so, but, um, I thought we should mention that. Uh, they're also ex- they're probably going to expand to the Canadian teams next year. The NWHL's Twitter kind of uh, like teased it, saying that they're they're going to add like two Canadian teams. Um, I think one's going to be Montreal and one's going to be in Toronto. So it's going to be like an original six kind of thing. Right. Um. Yeah, I haven't really gotten to watch any of the NWHL uh, games. Neither have I, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense for you just because there's not really an Ottawa team. But, um, yeah, um, but it, it is good for the sport, and I'm glad that, you know, they're expanding. And it's good that they can even, that they're able to pay these players. Um, 
because you know that's that's kind of the the thing with these like leagues it's like like you see that you see these women olympics in the hockey and then and then you just see them every four years and you know it's just kind of like they're wasting away talent kind of and, like I, and i remember i think if it wasn't the past of olympics maybe the one before there were questions about whether or not you know women's hockey if, if they would if they would have as much popularity in the olympics going yeah. forward i think this league is a stepping stone to keep the popularity going and to grow the popularity yeah. expand the popularity and keep making it relevant and keep people watching yeah and, and i think it's long overdue yeah i agree and i think the next step will be is like the cwhl has to like either merge with the nwhl or um or they have to disband because I feel like just you know you have to pay your players. Um, that, I'll just say that. Um, yeah, so and, and, and I, I, just to I give hear. it more legitimacy, and you know you don't want like two like part time hockey players. That's just um, that's just not right. Um, and, so and I, I also remember that um, I think it was after the final or before the final on on the Canadian women's side, uh, there were talks about about payroll. Yeah, of the average salary, and if the NWHL can't fix that, yeah, uh, that, that could be a major roadblock there. But um, I think the easiest thing, you know, in theory, would be to merge the two leagues because you already have the fan base established, you mm-hmm. already have the teams established. Yeah, it's good that there's play hockey, but again, payroll I think is going to be a big factor. Right? Yeah, it's it's good that they're starting in the Northeast and yeah. Canada because those are the two biggest regions for hockey watching um you know all all they need now is just advertisements and um you know tv rights and people like i'd watch just on a lazy sunday you know just being like oh yeah i guess the boston pride are on i guess i'll watch them um but yeah so uh um it's it's good for the league we'll we'll see what happens with that um, also good for, uh, online streaming. It hasn't come out to Canada. I should, but I'm going to briefly mention it that Yahoo has, uh, they're going to stream, they're streaming NHL games now on their site. It's actually kind of cool. I, I've kind of watched a couple of their games on the Yahoo site. It's kind of cool. Like you just like everywhere you go, everywhere you click on Yahoo, you see a, like a pop-up of the game. Um, do do you think it's gonna catch on though? Do you think it has potential to catch on? Well, apparently they're uh, they're gonna do it for MLB games too. Okay. Um, I think it's like a part of that like MLB NHL partnership yeah. or whatever. Okay. Um, I don't know. I think it could catch on. Um, I remember there was like a football. There's a week where the uh, Yahoo streamed the football, and I think this is. Where Yahoo like sort of said, okay, let's let's do it for um, you know let's do it for other sports. Um, so I think um, I, I mean obviously football is more popular here in America than hockey is, but I think I think it could catch on. Um, I don't know if it's gonna be like one of those things where you could get new people to watch. Um, because it's not like in your face yet, so yeah. I, um, I I don't know if it's gonna catch on in Canada because I can't recall if it if it it's was not it's not it's not in Canada. Yeah, um, I know, but uh, he, he, I don't think it'll it'll even catch on in Canada to begin with because I I I can't remember if it was Canada in particular or the entire network, but Yahoo has gone through some. Uh, organizational shakeups over the last couple of years uh, yeah, and a lot of different I'm... leaders and. If they're struggling to make business, it would make sense why, you know, they're not bringing up in Canada. Maybe because they don't have the kind of finance to make that happen. And well, I think it's it's also because of rights, and I don't think they're, um, like, I think Yahoo has a deal with NBC Sports, which does a lot, which broadcasts national hockey games. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they have the same with Sportsnet um, or Rogers, uh, but... um. So I think that might have something more to do with that than and 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 the um, the way just, the way it shakes down with Sportsnet and, and Rogers, uh, it would be rather redundant for Yahoo to do that because yeah. the the market in Canada, like you can 
Right, yeah, that's Angel the other thing. Games Center Live, you can stream whatever game you want. So, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, so yeah, I, it would, like I said, that's probably why it's not going to catch on here in Canada because they already have a model for that. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you can watch games on NBC Sports down here, but I don't. I don't, yeah, like, I've I, never I, actually tried like that. If I turned the TV on for for the Sunday game, for yeah. sure I could get it. If it was <laughs> if it was like Wednesday night robbery, I couldn't get it. Yeah. So I know that most probably most of our listeners are Canadian and Steve is also Canadian, so I don't I I, I don't expect most of you guys to actually um, be able to look at Yahoo and uh, watch these streams, but that I would briefly mention it for all my American friends um, and listeners. All right, let's let's go to the Bruins and Sens. Speaking of Canada and America, um, the uh, I don't know. Do you want to go first? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I sure. I'll I'll get to the. I don't really want to talk about the Bruins. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it, Ottawa arguably, and because we didn't do this last week, I figured I should I should. Uh, Talk yeah. about the games that happened the week before. Yeah, Ottawa sure. played arguably one of their best games of the season against Dallas, but a few unlucky breaks in the third, including a disallowed goal against Curtis Lazar, resulted in a 2-1 regulation loss. Uh, they had Caroline on the ropes, only to have the Hurricanes storm back with .2 seconds on the clock. Thank you, Jeff Skinner. <laughs> and for silver time, want to guess how it ended? I'll tell you. Sends loss in a shootout. Uh-huh. Um Going to Florida, tied 2-2 with the Panthers early in the second. Cats score two quick ones, lock it down the third, win 6-2. Thank you, Yarmer Yager. Um, then they come back, shut the Leafs, shut out the Leafs for a zip, keep their slim hopes alive. Almost immediately dashed, by the way, thanks to Minnesota, who uh, had limited Ottawa to just 13 shots on goal in the first 55 or so minutes of hockey. And then with give or take five seconds on the clock, sends net empty, wild up 2-1, Zibanejad ties it, and then Carlson wins it in overtime. Lots of hope. <laughs> and then Buffalo has to go and ruin everything a few nights later via 3-1 regulation win. And that deflating defeat would have torn their season apart even further last night had they lost to Montreal, which they did not. They shut them out 5-0. And That's good. three of their five goals were shorthanded. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Habs power play wasn't on point. Um, big takeaway for me was Jean-Gabriel Pajot leads the NHL in short goals. He's got six. Apparently, that's more than 17 NHL teams. That's usually Brad Marchand's thing, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> not this year. He's got 17 goals on the season, too. Wow. Uh, Zach Smith has scored 20 goals and counting this year. Um, but as far as the batch of games I just rhymed off, that 3-1 to one loss to Buffalo, all I took out of that is that could turn out to be the one that sunk Ottawa's postseason yacht for good. And the Canadiens' postseason yacht was probably sunk after their loss to Ottawa last night. Right. Um, both sides are battling injuries. The weakest team the Canadiens are playing down the stretch is Carolina. The Sens have the Cavs and the Isles on deck. I'd be shocked if Price plays again this year. And the Habs would be wise to follow Ottawa's decision to shut down the Borokop, Mark Borietsky, and shut down P.K. Subban until the start of next year because neither franchise will play into the later stages of April and neither is any Canadian franchise this year. I'm going to say it right now. (laughs) This is the year of the All-American bracket. No Canadian national anthem will be sung in the playoffs because no Canadian teams are making it. It's funny, though. Montreal and Ottawa had the best shot to do so. And I don't think either of them is going to have what it takes to make it. It's funny, though, that the one year that all Canadian teams aren't going to make the playoffs, like, there's two big American prospects in the draft this year. So (laughs) I have a feeling feeling one of them, one of the Canadian teams is going to get Matthews. Although, how about this? If what if Winnipeg gets Austin Matthews? Do you know where Austin Matthews is from? Arizona. It's from Arizona. Yeah, which uh, they you know Arizona Win- uh, Arizona took Winnipeg's um, yeah. Yeah. team. So um, I, think, <laughs> I think it would be kind of like a revenge story if that actually happened. Yeah. Um, although I don't think I don't think uh, Winnipeg I, has I, I a stronger chance to win. I think it's less of the revenge factor. It's just oh my, Winnipeg just got good again. Yeah, yeah. Like they already have Marco Dano. Yeah. 
and 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 he could be a solid prospect for them. And on top of the other prospects, <laughs> Matt, I've talked about it multiple times in the show. Yeah. Winnipeg's got arguably the best crop of young guns coming up, uh, right up there with Arizona and Buffalo and 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 Toronto and a couple of all the other teams as well. But if they get Austin Matthews, that is going to put them over the top. I think. Yeah. I'm trying to see, where is Kachuk from? Oh, he's from... He's from America, I believe. No, but I was just wondering what St. state. Louis, I think, maybe. Oh, no, he's from Arizona as well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, I thought he was maybe from Massachusetts because uh, his, his father was from Massachusetts, but no, he's from uh, Arizona. Um, from Arizona, okay. But, um... Stays in Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Um... I, so, having said that, are you disappointed in the Senators' season? Like, would you were you expecting them to make the playoffs, or is this See, like a good thing, in this blessing in disguise kind of thing? I, I was I was kind of hoping that they would. Um, I'm not all that surprised that, given given their defense that they they made, it's just unfortunate that right. their offense was really really good this year. Yeah. And just their defensive play, uh, just besides even, Carlson, it's gotten better with the acquisition of Dion Phaneuf, but still young and inexperienced. Yeah. Um, besides Carlson, of course. But yeah, besides Carlson and besides Mathot and and Phaneuf has been pretty good, hasn't he? They're, they're still they're still a young team, but they're right. getting a lot of progress. Pajot has evolved his game. Zach Smith has had a good year, as I mentioned. Yeah. Mark Stone is still Mark Stone. Eric Carlson still Eric Carlson. Kyle Turris before he got hurt, he was their best player, arguably. Um, and, and they've got a lot of up-and-comers, too, like Nick Paul and, and, and Matt Pumple that have that have kind of showed signs of brilliance, too. Curtis Lazar right. has also had himself a, a respectable season for and a you, second. I mean, yeah, and you get a lottery pick, so that's not yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, you'll probably get another top-ten pick, so that's that's not too bad. You add to all of the other guys. You have Colin White and Tom Shabbat coming up, too. So yeah. uh, it... It's 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 not the worst thing. I'm just I'm just disappointed that that they that they couldn't take that next step. Yeah. And I think at some point they're gonna take that next step. I just I just was kinda hoping that this year would be the year, especially especially considering what you know, happened how last they finished year. last how they finished last year, regardless of if it was a miracle run or not, call it what you will. Yeah. Uh, they demonstrated that they could be that team. Yeah. And it's just disappointing that they couldn't translate that kind of play throughout the course of an 82-game season. And inconsistency was their downfall this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of inconsistency, uh, so the, uh, yeah, I guess we'll start with, um, like like you did, I'll start with the, since the last time we did this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be if we played Florida and we played Tampa Bay. We won both those games in overtime. Um, so those are those are exciting times. Um, Lee Stemniak played really well. Um, and so did Lyles. There was like a beauty Lyles to Louis Erickson yeah. ha- uh, goal uh, against Florida. Um, so they, they've, they've looked pretty well good. Um, so, like, at this point, I'm like, alright, this is exciting. Then we play Carolina, we lose in overtime, however, for a day, we are the Atlantic Division leaders. Um, so it was like, it was kind of like a mixture of, um, a bittersweet moment for me, where it's like, hey, we're in first, even though we suck. (laughs) Um... Yeah, we didn't play our best game in Carolina, but we were division leaders. But uh, and Pasternak has looked pretty good, especially with Krejci on his line. Um, but uh, yeah, so that quickly uh, went away. We uh, although we did beat the Islanders three to one. Yeah, I don't think. Oh yeah, I did see that game. Um, I was in California, I think, at that time. That um, gave him at least a point in seven straight games too. Yeah. Uh, then we had a bit of a time um, until Tuesday, which was our next game. Funny thing is, I don't know if I told people, but I was I was actually at San Francisco. Um, yeah. But uh, so I left on Wednesday, 
and the Bruins played at San Jose on Tuesday. Okay. So, I, like, if I planned ahead, I may have been able to go to the San Jose game. Mm-hmm. I was even thinking of, like, jokingly being, like, a San Jose Sharks fan for a week. <laughs> but, uh, al- although there wasn't really, I don't think there was a Sharks, um, like, I didn't get any, sh- the Sharks channel wasn't on the oh, hotel really? for some some reason. Wow. But, um, although I, I got to see. radio station you could listen to? Um, like, I could watch online, I guess, but, um, I saw, I did get to see the Warriors a lot, so that was cool, but, um, the, uh, yeah, so we lost to San Jose, um, it's just funny that, like, the, like, when I leave California, the Bruins come into California, um, but, uh, so, yeah, they lost San Jose, we almost had... Of those three California games, we didn't really have a shot against Anaheim or Los Angeles, but I felt like we could have won against San Jose. We were you playing. That was a winnable game. That was a winnable game for sure. The refs uh, weren't great, but we should have won that game. I also um, heard they weren't great in Anaheim, though. Yeah, they weren't great in Anaheim either. But um, we did we didn't play well either. So. Um, and uh, L.A. I mean, yesterday. Yeah, LA is a tough team to beat. They're going to be yeah. tough. Um, I mean, we knew that coming in, but um, it's just uh, um, unfortunate. Um, and uh, I just saw the stat online, um, which I guess it makes sense. Um, the Bruins are zero and six against California teams this year, um, and I think their like, their goal differential is something like really crazy too. Um, considering you had that, like, there was, like, uh, the Sharks and the Kings, uh, yeah, they, crushed they, they the Bruins. Like yeah. Or something. yeah, they crushed them in, uh, at, at, at the Bruins home when they yeah, came to Boston. So, yeah, that didn't help either. Um. Just look at the stats for a sec. Is Spooner's inching closer. Oh, yeah. Here, here it is. They're, they were outscored 29-11 to 11 in those six oh, games. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> um, but looking at the stings, your, our stats machine here. Spooner inching closer to 50 points. Story yeah, Spooner's Crew, been good. Close Spooner's to 40. Uh, Bolesky, their big offseason splash, though. Only found the net 13 times this year. Yeah. Same amount as Jimmy Hayes. And just one higher than David Pasternak, who, by the way, has only played in 41 games. Yeah, I, I think... Um, I think Pastor, well, first off, a couple things, uh, it doesn't show, but Bolesky is definitely worth what we got. I mean, obviously he's not scoring goals, but that's okay. He's doing everything else. Um, if you want, he's like one of those things where he does everything else well enough. He doesn't have to score goals. I've been happy with him. I don't think, I mean, yeah, of course you want him to score goals, but um, it's not, I, he's like one of those, like, he's one of those guys, he's like a Lucic light kind of, I would say like he's, he's hard hitting. He does all the like gritty physical stuff. Um, but you know, he does not, doesn't really score as often, but that's okay. Um, and then, um, yeah, Pasternak, uh, he's looked really good. Uh, not in the California trip, but uh, the you know in the two Florida games, um, I think he's like I don't know if you saw that he uh, he like pretty much sniped uh, Cam Ward in the Carolina game, and like he like he like hit the water bottle like it was, like <laughs> that was on the net, um, and like just a splattering everywhere. One of those video game yeah, shots. It was, it was nuts. Um, it's probably one of the be- better goals I've ever watched. Um, so I, I, I look forward to watching this guy play um, for the rest of the time. I think he's he's going to break out next season. It's just injuries have been a big factor for him this year. So, but now, um, would you? Would uh, just a quick question? Would you yeah. really want the Boston Bruins to finish first in the division? Because with Washington, as we know, having that yeah. spot on lock. Uh, they're going to get either Boston, if they finish first in their division, they're either going to get the Penguins, the Islanders, or God forbid the New York Rangers if they start free. Um, ultimately, if I had to choose which playoff team we'd play, 
Uh, this is, of course, I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to be too conceited here, so, too arrogant here. I'm, this is, of course, a hope if, you know, if they make the playoffs. Um, but I'd say if I had to choose, I would rather play Florida. Um, I would I would rather face the Islanders than Florida. Halak is out long term. Yeah, that's they're, true. They're yeah. relying on Thomas Grice. Like even even with the the kind of skill they have in John Tavares and Kyle Poso. But I don't um, think that's... they've got a significant edge in goal if they play. Well, but like realistically, that's the Capitals would probably play the Islanders. But yeah, yeah. um, I think. But yeah, I mean, I. I don't know. I don't. I think we could beat Florida in a seven-game series. I'm not sure about Tampa Bay. If we could beat them in a seven-game series, I we definitely couldn't play. We definitely couldn't beat Pittsburgh, the Rangers, or the Capitals in a seven-game series. So I, I think I think you would have Tampa, Tampa, or the Rangers. You'd have a very tough time. I think yeah. Florida and Pittsburgh. I it would be a tough series. I think you could yeah. get the edge in in both of them. Yeah, but Tampa and New York for sure. The the Rangers and the Lightning, they'd have your number. I mean, yeah, and I know this is kind of cliche to say, but I'm just glad that we're in the playoff hunt. Yeah. Um, considering how the last twelve months have gone, um, and considering how the last season went, um, I think it's just to like show that hey, you know, we're we're still good. It's like you, we got rid of Lucic, we got rid of Dougie Hamilton, and we had. We had Sagan before. We had, you know, all these other guys that we got rid of. But we're still in the playoffs. We can still make it into the playoffs. So I think that says something. Claude Julian is, like, should be the um, the coach of the year, but Jack Adams. But I don't think uh, he's going to get it. I think Pierre DeBoer is going to get it. Yeah, possibly. I don't think too many people expected the Sharks to be doing as well as they have. I could see the Sharks doing it. Uh, we have their first round pick. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I could. Yeah, I could see that. I. But I feel like Claude Julian has like taken this team like because like he's usually so defensive minded, and yeah. he's taken this team to be like more offensive minded and to even like I don't know like to even be considered in the division. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just like. Um, I don't know, I feel like, uh, and, and, the, and the fact that, like, first off, he was almost fired, people were calling for his head at the beginning of the season, when they went on that, like, you know, and then, all of a sudden, you know, he changes up just all these different things, and now, all of a sudden, they're, you know, they're back in it. Um, so I think, like, if, if the Bruins do win the Atlantic Division, I... I would go crazy if Claude Julian uh, didn't win the Jack Adams. It would, but you know what? You know what's even. More I think he should be nominated. Yeah, now. I think he definitely deserves a nomination. What's even more interesting to me is that everyone was talking about how good the Canadians were in the off season and all the what the f's that were going <laughs> on in Boston, which were deserved. And, I would and agree now with. Claude Julian. More, I think fewer question marks about his job remain yeah. for Claude Julien in Boston, as opposed to Michelle Therrien in Montreal. Who well, I was questioning. Next, I was questioning. Expected yeah. to come back next year, but if they struggle, he's gone. Yeah. Well, I was questioning Therrien um, at the beginning of the year too, but yeah, you're right. There were more question marks on Julien's future than there were on Therrien's future at the beginning of the year. But um, yeah, it's it's an interesting in terms of the reversal now. Yeah, um, but a lot of that That's has the to instance of how the tables have turned. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, we're, but we'll see. Um, I guess until next time, I'm Brett Dubuff. I'm Steve Ellsworth, and we will talk to you in episode 25 of the Lace Em Up podcast. Yep.